This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today we have Monday's winner in the 620 CKRM Spring Country Cookout Contest. The winner is seeding near Lucky Lake, about 220 kilometers north and west of Regina. We also have a look at record prices for canola and near record price levels for wheat, even though markets backed off a bit this morning. Real Agriculture looks at canola seeding and soil pathogens. We have a feature on herbicide carryover, and we have the farm weather. It's in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazeng Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. A family farm near Lucky Lake is today's winner in the 620 CKRM Spring Country Cookout Contest. Ida Roth is the lucky winner. Lucky Lake is about 220 kilometers northwest of Regina. Her sister-in-law, Cheryl Siemens, is on the tractor seeding today on the farm. She says the area could use a good rain to help the seed germinate. And is there livestock as well? Yes, there is. Uh, How much pasture land? I'm not sure. We run about 250 heads. What kind of seeding progress have you made? We are done canola, so we're about maybe one third done. Okay, so you've done about a third. Uh, When did you start? On April 28th. We put in a little bit of barley for the cattle. So what are you seeding right now? We caught you on the tractor. Yeah, just finishing up the canola we couldn't get to because we had so much snow in our tree road. And how dry is it out there? Real dry. I guess you're probably sure hoping for some rain. Yeah, we are. I'm seeding this pretty deep, so we'll see if it comes up. Any changes to seeding plants because of the dry weather? No. Tell me about your reaction to the grain prices. What do you think of them? Oh, I think it's good to catch up a little for this year. When do you hope to be done seeding? Uh, Around maybe May 20th. Right for the long weekend? Yeah. (laughs) So, overall, you're happy with with the year except a little dry? Absolutely, yes. Cheryl Siemens is on the tractor seeding today near Lucky Lake, about 220 kilometers north and west of Regina. The family farmer is the winner in today's CKRM Country Cookout Spring Contest. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca And Co-op Hale Insurance. They've been there for farmers for over 75 years. And they'll be there for you. Wheat and canola prices in Saskatchewan are at record or near record levels this month. Wheat is pushing almost $9 a bushel, canola around $21 a bushel. 
FarmLink Marketing Solutions Analyst Neil Townsend says weather and demand are pushing up prices. Well, we're definitely at uh, record prices for canola. I'm not sure if we're quite at record prices for wheat. We've had some very significant prices for wheat uh, back in, you know, 2008, 9, 10, 11, that type of period. But uh, I think the key thing right now is that we're very dry in parts of North America, and the perception of the market is that it's very dry as well, um, particularly southern prairies and the northern tier of the United States. And there's sort of a, a building concern about areas of the Corn Belt as well. So, you know, we need probably to see some big relief for that dryness to kind of mitigate the market. And then we also need some evidence that demand will actually back off. And I think that's the amazing canola story here is that we have not found the price yet that kills demand. It just, you know, it keeps materializing. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of canola that's unpriced out in the prairie. So, you know, we're in a bit of a supply squeeze, but people want every single pound that's available. So where is this demand coming from? Well, I think it's broad-based. It's a lot of different markets. Like if you look at where we've exported canola to, we've done over a million tons to the European Union, over a million tons to China. We've done significant amounts to Japan, to Pakistan, to the United Arab Emirates, to Mexico. You know, so I think like just the veg oil market in general has been, you know, very buoyant. And obviously, you know, China is the main sort of driver in that market. They've been consuming, you know, lots of soybeans, lots of veg oils, lots of meal products, all sorts of things. So until they sort of show signs of mitigation or, you know, a lessening of demand, I mean, I think the market's going to continue because we definitely have some question marks on the supply front, in particular in the United States right now, where soybeans and corn both project to be tight. And the weather also would indicate that there is the potential for a yield drag. Now, I should say that, you know, the crop is never killed on May 7th, May 8th, May 8th, 9th, May 10th. Like, if the crop gets into the ground, and it is going to get into the ground because, you know, dryness usually allows you to plant, you might change your mix a bit. You know, that crop has potential. And the only acre with no potential is the acre that doesn't get planted. But again, we're going to have to watch what's the weather in the last part of May, what's the weather in June and July, uh, and that ultimately is really going to dictate where the yields end up. And But for canola, for U.S. corn, and for U.S. soybeans, we need trend or trend-plus yields at a minimum to have a chance to repair the supply and demand balance sheets. The question, of course, is how long will this high price, near record or record price last? And you're saying it could be right until harvest time? Well, we'll probably, like, there's already, you know, $250 gap between old and new crop prices in terms of uh, the futures, and there's a significant inverse in terms of cash prices. Uh, I think that inverse is going to evaporate, and, you know, I think the, the starting price for, say, post-harvest is going to be lower than, you know, for the last dregs of the, 21, of the 2021 crop. But, I mean, where, how big that sort of drop is, or if there is a drop at all, is going to really depend on, you know, what the canola production looks like in, in Western Canada. And the beauty of sort of the canola market is that we have this big support from the soybean market as well, where, you know, the U.S. supply and demand balance is, is critically tight. So there are days when, you know, canola goes up because then, then you look, oh, soybean oil went up and soybeans went up. But canola in its own right, there's days where it goes up and you're looking, you go, oh, well, there wasn't the support from soybeans or soy oil to the same extent. But 
Yeah, I think the high prices are going to persist. I mean, again, there's an old adage, the cure for high prices is high prices. So at some point, you know, somebody's going to say, I call uncle, I, I don't need any more canola, but we haven't reached that point yet. This morning, there was a downward trend with canola down almost $20 per metric ton and wheat futures down 34 cents a bushel. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. I have here with me Justine Cornelson, who is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. How's it going today? Not too bad, Kara. I'm, I'm trying to keep warm on this cool, cool day. Chances are canola is just starting to go in, but uh, what what you want to be aware of across the prairies is some some temperatures, like you were saying, you know, we're still hitting minus eight overnight. So you want to pay attention to what sorts of diseases you could be looking out for. Yeah, you know what? It, it, it has been a cool spring. We're still very early, early so I don't want to cause any panic that way. Um, we're, we're waiting for those uh, soil temperatures to warm up here across the prairies. Um, you know, we're probably still a, f- a few weeks away in certain areas to get some canola in the ground just based on our soil temperatures um, and calendar dated. It is still very early. Um, thinking to our Manitoba experience, a lot of our a bulk of our canola acres don't go in until about the middle of May. Um, but because it has been cool and in and, and parts of the prairies, it's been really dry uh, we're going to be dealing with different root rot uh, pathogens this year Uh, so that's just something to make note of um, for for growers when we are starting to scout uh, that crop when it comes out of the ground Uh, when we're out taking plant counts to you know try to be figuring out where our plants are going uh, why we may have lost a few it's quite dry i mean i know not all the prairies are like this but most manitoba is quite dry do you want to talk about what what diseases really could be thriving in this in the dry soils yeah, you know what? Um, dry soils raise a kind of a whole host of issues, right? Canola does need some moisture for it to, to start germination and to emerge. Um, so once it, it does emerge and come out of the ground um, in these drier soils, we have to be uh, cautious of different fusarium species. Uh, fusarium um, causing root rot really like the dry, kind of cooler soil temperatures. Uh, sorry, they prefer drier but warmer temperatures. Rhizoc, which is another species, uh, sorry, Rhizoctonia, um, they really thrive in these these cool, dry soils, which we have been seeing across Manitoba. So once again, it's something to just to make note of and to be aware of if you are thinking about putting some canola seed in the ground on these cooler temperatures. Um, you are increasing the the chances of them to be uh, colonized by some of these pathogens. Now we do know parts of the prairies, you know, especially northern Saskatchewan, northern Alberta, is uh, quite wet. I know it's hard to believe you and I are both in a dry, <laughs> a dry situation, but uh, it, it's quite wet. What sorts of things are they going to be looking out for? Yeah, you know what? In, in those those wetter uh, soil temperatures, raise um, you know different pathogens. So uh, our Pythium species actually do well in in saturated soils. So saturated, uh, cool soils, uh, which we have been seeing as well across the prairies, um, they raise uh, are the perfect environment for for Pythium. So uh, with our root rot causing pathogens, right? We've got a different a bunch of different species there, um, and they all kind of work in different ways. Pythium is kind of like it, it unlocks the door and, and opens it up. So it's the usually 
the first one, first species into the root tissue. Uh, from there, Fusarium will just follow along because the door has already been opened. And, and Rhizoc has been kind of explained as the one that's just going to go right through the wall. Uh, it doesn't really matter what's going on. It's just going to smash that wall right down. Um, and, and so this is something that we've tried to capture on the Canola Council side is, is some graphic to uh, tell the difference between them all. Um, in season, when you're looking at symptoms, it, it's very, very difficult to uh, visually tell the difference between them. Uh, you can submit samples away to, to at least get a, a pathogen identification. Uh, usually when you do that, you do get a mix of, of pathogen species there and viable. So what else can be done? You know that it's great we can talk about uh, it, it's good to be informed, but the next question the producer has is, well, what can I do? What sort of control methods are there out there? You know, it, it, um, we do have options. Thankfully, you know, our seed is treated with uh, a fungicide. So that's kind of your base level uh, protection for root rot species. Um, uh, crop rotation. So, right, is if you can extend that crop rotation down, you're going to decrease uh, the populations within your soils. Um, that being said, right, we deal with all of these pathogens, uh, different strains of them uh, within different crops. So they're there, right? Fusarium is a, is a really predominant uh, issue in our cereal crops. Uh, even within our, our soybean fields as well. Um, so they're all there and naturally occurring. But if you're able to extend that rotation out of, of canola acres, uh, you're going to reduce uh, the, the, the sheer amount of that particular species that can cause infection. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. There was some moisture on the weekend in the southwest, and we'll have some more information on that in just a few moments. But needless to say, half an inch at Maple Creek and Rock Glen, and almost an inch at Mancota. Mainly sunny today, wind southeast 20, the high 16, the low plus 1 tonight. Tuesday, mainly sunny, wind southeast 20, the high 19. Tomorrow, the low plus 4. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 18, the low 6. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high 20, the low 7. Friday, partly cloudy, the high 19, the low plus 5. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 17, the low 7. Sunday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of showers, the high 15. Normal high for this date, 18 degrees. The normal low is 3. The sun rose at 518 this morning. It sets at 832 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now... Further north in the Grain Belt, Meadow Lake at 18 degrees. And the cold spot in the southwest corner, Cypress Hills at plus 5, where there was some light snow in the highland area. Esteban is 13, Saskatoon 16, Swift Current 11, Weyburn and Yorkton both 13. Cloudy in Regina, 14 degrees. It's better to say partly cloudy. There's just a few clouds in the sky, in the sky right now. It's 14, that's 57 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north at 3. Humidity is 17%. The barometric pressure dropping 102.6. Sunny and Moose Jaw 15. Winds are from the south at 9. Once again, Regina cloudy and 14, that's 57 Fahrenheit. 
This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. There were small amounts of precipitation over the southwest corner of Saskatchewan this weekend, but the majority fell in central and southeast Alberta. The highest amounts fell west of Red Deer at 35 millimeters. Drumheller 22, Medicine Hat 18, Stettler 15, and Calgary 11 millimeters. In southwest Saskatchewan, there was snow in higher elevations and a mix of rain and snow elsewhere. Environment Canada reports Mancota had just under 23 millimeters, with Cypress Hills Park at 18 millimeters. Valmarie was next at 17 millimeters, followed by Maple Creek, Rock Glen, and East End between 12 and 14 millimeters. There were lesser amounts further north. Leader had 6 millimeters, Swift Current 3, and Outlook and Elbow less than 1 millimeter. There could be some moisture this weekend, but so far that's uncertain. New numbers from StatsCan show declining stock levels for nearly every Canadian grain, oilseed, and pulse crop. Stats Canada has released a report on stock levels to the end of March. Those lower stocks are the result of active export demand led by China. Total stocks of canola fell nearly 38% year-over-year to 6.6 million tonnes. That's the lowest level of canola stocks since 2013. On-farm stocks at the end of March were estimated at 4.8 million tonnes, down 47%. Commercial stocks were 1.8 million. StatsCan says canola exports reached a record 8 million tonnes, up 27%, with strong sales to China and the European Union. Domestic crush took another 7.4 million tonnes, up 0.7%. Moving to wheat, stocks are estimated at 16.2 million tonnes, down 13.6% from one year ago. Wheat exports rose 29% to a record 17.8 million tonnes. That's a full 2.3 million tonnes more than the previous record set two years ago. Chinese wheat purchases nearly quadrupled. Barley stocks to the end of March were 2.8 million tonnes, down 20%. On-farm stocks fell by nearly 30% to 2.2 million tonnes. More than 90% of Canadian feed barley exports went to China. Oat stocks remain relatively steady at 1.8 million tonnes. Pea stocks were down 1.7% to 1.9 million tonnes, while lentils fell 14% to 1.4 million. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. Producers and agronomists will be watching for signs of herbicide carryover later in the growing season. Well below normal precipitation means that some herbicides may not have broken down and could potentially damage the following year's crop. Doug Fair has worked in the ag industry for many years and is a professional agronomist based in North Battleford. Fair was a recent guest on the Wheat Profit podcast produced by the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. When it comes to rotational crop concerns, in other words, medium or long-term breakdown, a lot of our herbicides are broken down through microbial activity. Some of them break down through hydrolysis, which is a chemical reaction. 
there are a few, not very many, uh, that break down through percolation or dilution through the rooting zone. But the main two methods are microbial and hydrolysis, and both of those methods are really heavily influenced by moisture and by temperature. In addition to moisture, soil organic matter is another factor for herbicide carryover under very dry conditions. So if you've got very low organic matter, you tend to have poorer water holding ability, you tend to have less microbial activity, and you tend to have less binding or buffering of the herbicides that have been applied. If you've got lower clay content, again, you've got less binding of those, of those herbicides and they might be more available to sensitive rotational crops. Soil pH is something else to keep in mind. For certain specific products, uh, these apply mainly to group 2 products or residual group 2 products and to some group 14 and 15, soil pH will be a factor. So if the pH is let's say 1.0 pH units above or below, depending upon the herbicide, a pH of 7, which is considered neutral, that's where you start to potentially run into uh, additional carryover conditions. So any of those factors combined with the lack of moisture can set up for a much greater risk of, of carryover injury. FAIR runs through the list of product groups connected to potential herbicide carryover. Group 2s are ones that can have carryover issues because there are residual and there are non-residual uh, herbicides within Group 2. Uh, group 1 generally are not an issue. Group 9 being glyphosate, of course, not an issue. Some of the older chemistries, trifluralin in Group 3, can be an issue specifically for wheat. The most common, though, probably on spring wheat and durum, are going to be uh, the group two products and specifically the subgroup imidazolinone or IMI for short. So those are products that have uh, the actives uh, such as imazathapir, which is pursuit, or imazapir, uh, which is in, uh, in Aries. Um, imazathapir is also in Odyssey, by the way. Durham is more sensitive to herbicide carryover than spring wheat. Fair says it can be difficult to diagnose. The plant's just going to look, you know, a lot less healthy or, or thrifty. It might be a little bit shorter. Very often you're going to see shortened internodes. So the distance between each of the leaves would be shorter than you typically would expect. The leaves them th themselves will be uh, thinner um, than a, a, an untreated or a normal healthy crop. FAIR recommends taking photos with detailed written descriptions for agronomists, including the plant roots. Now, if it's in the case of a group 3 trifluralin product, there's very, very classic symptoms with those. And that is really short, stubby, bunchy type of roots. Really, the stubby roots are very classic for trifluralin carryover. But with the group 2s, it's a little bit more difficult. And um, you might also see some striping on the leaves. I don't see that all the time, but sometimes you'll see striping that runs uh, vertically up the leaf. As for other information that should be included? You'll want to include environmental factors, fertility factors, soil factors like potential salinity as an example. You'll want to look for patterns in the field, want to look for location in the field, where are the symptoms showing up on the plant because that can often help with the diagnosis. What time did the symptoms appear? That can help quite a bit with diagnosis. Uh, you'll want to accurately describe to an agronomist uh, what those symptoms look like. Don't forget to include the roots. A lot of people tend to tend to forget to look at the roots and those can lead to a, a very strong diagnosis.
Doug Fair is a professional agronomist based in North Battleford. He goes into much greater detail on the Wheat Profit podcast. You can find it on the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission website. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading today. Canola fell $19.30 at 9.2897. Number one red spring wheat dropped $16.37 at 3.2077. The rest were unchanged. Durham 290.27. Feed barley 282.68. Flax 712.63. Lentils 747.50. Oats $209.53. Yellow peas, 383.70. Feed wheat, 238.84. The Minneapolis spring wheat July futures are down 34 and a quarter cents at 763 and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. Donnie Peacock reporting from the Swift Current Yards. Cow market remains very active. Over 500 cows still showing, and certainly uh, the cow numbers are deleting in our part of the world as it is across the United States. We are certainly going to see a smaller supply of calves on offer all across North America. And as barley prices are firing up, certainly uh, the less number of beef is going to do something to offset that. Really going to be uh, interesting to watch this unfold. Our cows average 90 cents straight through. Uh, any smooth kind of cows bringing 90, 95 if they're real firm, high yielding cows, dollar to a dollar six. Um, we also are seeing some thinner cows, still rough haired, uh, that have lost their calves this spring. Uh, certainly with the cost of barley and the lack of moisture, those cows are coming quicker before they shine up. And they are bringing 65 to 75. That still relates in your average with cows still average 90. Over the weekend, the Pride of the Prairies horse sale, uh, 82 horses, uh, sell at a 68.83 average, the top 20 bring over 13,000 on the average. Uh, boy, there is indeed some interest in agriculture. That's the way it is in cattle country. Heartland Swift Current. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 5,000 hogs Friday, selling in a range of 228 to 244 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 8,200 head, selling in a range of 228 to 243 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, May 8th are Old US 2020 contract, 237.60, Old US 2021 contract, 237.70, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 228.39, Ham's Cash, 226.39, Thunder Creek Brickco, 230.12, High Life Cash, 243.17, and High Life Contract, $243.17 per CKG. 
Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and forward contract prices opened lower this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar is up 29 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2156. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 82.76 cents US. Daily variability in pricing has been a feature of the cash markets for months, but the trend remains decisively higher in all regions. Market watchers will be looking for clues on a trend reversal, but so far the consensus is that the seasonal tightening of supply will keep bids higher in the near term. Demand remains strong and packers will be motivated to keep production schedules full, with the net result being more competition for uncommitted hogs in the negotiated markets. Live hog futures on the Dalian Commodity Exchange in China turned lower in the most recent session, as producers pull hogs forward to slaughter while the country continues to battle ASF outbreaks. However, once those hogs have been sent to market, there will likely be more competition later as production flows become disrupted. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg and SMHI. Farmers, get your hail insurance coverage with Municipal Hail at an RM office or direct online. Farmers insuring farmers, municipalhail.ca. The Saskatchewan government has announced $25.7 million for this year's Rural Integrated Roads for Growth program. A total of 69 RMs will receive funding for rural road improvements under the program. The program helps RMs with upgrading infrastructure to support local industries like agriculture, energy and forestry. The grant program covers up to 50% of total project cost to a maximum of $500,000. SARM President Ray Orb says economic recovery and funding to stimulate the economy remains critical and the increased funding ensures support for Saskatchewan's rural-based industries. The budget of $15 million has been augmented by additional spending to help the government's goal of rebuilding 100 roads over three years. Over the three phases, there have been 219 road projects approved, valued at $234 million, with $55 million in provincial support. The Saskatchewan government is improving more than 1,350 kilometres of provincial highways this year, the second year of a 10-year plan to upgrade 10,000 kilometres of highways. On the markets, the TSX is up 9 points at 19,482. The Dow has risen 259 points at 35,037. Oil is down 9 cents at 64.81 a barrel. And the Canadian dollar is up 33 hundredths of a cent at 82.75 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.